So good morning to all of you. I think I've met most of you. If I have met all of you, I apologize if my brain's not remembering at the moment. Name is Angie Combs. I've known Marnie for nine years now. Uh, we started seminary the same semester and took the same six long years to finish it. Uh, so when Marnie's in a pinch or needs somebody to cover, I'm here and this is my second time in two months. I'm excited. <laughs> it had been a year the last time I was here. I am an elder uh, at uh, Karen, Karen Christian Church up in Lafayette, Colorado. And I want to state right up, I am depending on the spirit today. Marnie asked me for the text and the title on Tuesday, and by Wednesday and Thursday, I had a couple wrenches in my, in my ideas. So we're going to work through this. Some of it may be extemporaneous, depending on the spirit, so bear with me today. How many of you know who Ellen DeGeneres is? All right. So last week, Ellen went viral. Twice, actually. First was because she was spotted at the Dallas Cowboys game sitting next to former President George W. Bush. The second time she went viral was her defense of that action. Some fans of hers had become very angry, as Ellen put it, because what is a gay Hollywood liberal doing sitting next to a conservative president? President Bush was not known for his support of the LGBT community, to say the least. Nor has he ever been a champion for the causes that Ellen advocates for. So judgment aside, the image of them sitting next to each other certainly raised a seemingly fair question. Why are they sitting together? Ellen defended herself at the recording of her show on Tuesday. She explained that she, was, that she and her wife, Portia, were invited by the Cowboys owner's daughter. They were invited to sit in the owner's box suite. Now, George W. Bush is a Texas man, so really it's not too much of a surprise that he'd also be invited by the, owners, uh, the owner of the Cowboys to sit in the same box. So George and Laura were both there and sat next to Ellen and Portia. Ellen went on to say that she is friends with a lot of people, regardless of what their beliefs are. She ended her statement with this line, when I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone, doesn't matter. That's when I told Marnie what my scripture would be and what my title was. Then Wednesday and Thursday came, and I learned that the statement had created a new wave of controversy. Originally, there was a surge of support and agreeance with Ellen, but then just as quickly, a wave of criticism crashed down. The criticism was not about necessarily being kind to people who disagree, but rather the belief that President Bush was not worthy of kindness because of the actions, inactions, and delayed actions he had made while in office. From accusations of war crimes, lying to the US about Iraq, and weapons of mass destruction, delayed actions in New Orleans when Katrina devastated the area, and of course, the anti-LGBTQ positions in his policy. One writer even went as far to say that President Bush deserves to be stigmatized and ostracized for his crimes. I thought about these two sides. I can't say that I'm the best at bridging differences, with people whom I deeply disagree with. I can't honestly say that if I was put in a box with 
George Bush that I would be quite as friendly as Ellen was. And in fact, a few weeks ago, I got into a brief argument with someone via Facebook Messenger. I don't recommend this. <laughs> the man I argued with is a very dear friend and mentor. He taught my Sunday school classes. His son and I went to school together. His wife is my mom's best friend and was a teacher who created a safe space for me in elementary school. He and my mom led our youth group when I was in high school. I officiated the wedding for their only son. I attended the baptism of their first grandson. The two of them drove over 500 miles to be part of my wedding, helping to set up, tear down, and everything in between. I am a self-proclaimed liberal socialist. He is a lifelong member of the Republican Party and is not quiet about his beliefs. Our argument was short-lived. I read a post of his that posed a question. I will admit, I have severe difficulty in analyzing honest questions that seek an answer and rhetorical questions that do not. It became obvious after offering a practical and simple answer, he was not asking for the purpose of discussing. He responded to my answer with a flat and direct, you're wrong, don't give me that BS. I retorted with a sarcastic, so much for meaningful dialogue something he has always taught me to engage in. A couple more quips from each side and the conversation was over without resolution. I was hurt and he was apparently disappointed in me for not being more engaged, though I did not understand on what grounds he was basing that on. A few days later, I saw he had commented on another post with the same initial, you're wrong statement, and I didn't feel quite so targeted. I invited his wife to my birthday dinner but not him. <laughs> I was not ready to bridge that gap yet and really didn't want my birthday tainted with political disagreements. He's over 70 years old and apparently just very stuck in his ways at the current moment. But I, like Ellen, would defend myself and say that he is my friend. If his kidney transplant failed, I would get tested and donate if I could. If his house burned down, I would invite him to stay in my very tiny home. I would do just about anything for him, as I have embraced the agape love for him, that unconditional love for another human being that is not merited or earned, but rather gifted. I apologize. So going back, and in reading the two sides of the Ellen debate, I realized this seemed to be ultimately coming down to two opposing sides, love versus justice. Ironically, both of these are the base and platform for Christianity. Throughout history, there have been people who have cited more one direction or the other, while few have found a successful way to bridge the two simultaneous. Historic theologian Augustine took the position that love is a self-sacrificial act or an unconditional act. The giving of the self for the good of others without regard for their good in relation to us. Plainly, we love others for the sake of God. At the same time, Reinhold Niebuhr, a Christian realist, taught that love is self-emptying but justice is bound by the limits of giving to each what they are due. 
The full of expression, the full expression of love is thus limited to the sphere of one's personal life. He went further to say that love's role in social institutions is to function as impossible possibility. That reveals the limited nature of justice and motivates us to overcome injustice. Basically, Augustine was saying we love others with the agape unconditional love for the sake of God. Niebuhr is saying that as humans, we have our limitations and must use love as a bridge over injustice so that we can change what created the injustice in the first place. Our scripture today teaches us what that love is. God is love. Those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. So in looking at this debate, we're looking at an unpunished justice issue, with people saying, this man's not even worthy of kindness, not even worthy of love, and yet the scripture's teaching us that God calls us to love everyone regardless of their punishment or not. The commandment we have from him, the scripture says, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This does not take away that as Christians, we are also called to seek justice. Ellen may well believe that President Bush should be brought to illegal justice over the alleged war crimes. But at a football game that she was invited to, seeking that justice was not available in that moment. So instead, she treated him with kindness and with love. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, didn't Angie preach on kindness in August? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> kindness has been a theme in my life as of late, and it's what my heart was open to continue sharing. And I have been working hard to live by my own words. I have been working on my self-confessed road rage issues. I drive a lot. I drive about 300 miles a week throughout the city of Denver. That's a lot of opportunities for road rage. I've also been working on being more kind and empathetic when I drive, remembering that it is a person with human limitations and human emotions behind the wheel of each vehicle. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're going through. And the same is true on the reverse. They don't know me, and they don't know what I'm going through. I can say my stress level is lower, my headaches are fewer, and I'm happier more. Doesn't mean I'm not having to catch myself at times, though. As Christians, we are called to love, kindness, do justice, and walk humbly. All three at the same time. None are exclusive of the others. Our world has become filled with false dichotomies. 
liberal versus conservative, Republican versus Democrat, white versus black, brown, minority, gay versus straight, male versus female, and guess what? None of them are real. All are just categories that humans have created and what they do is limit us in scope and deny the full spectrum of possibilities. Being kind to people doesn't mean we stop seeking justice. And seeking justice doesn't mean we don't love or suddenly lose our humility. I had a moment of humility in speaking about my road rage issues. I was driving a client. For those that don't know, I work with brain injury survivors and a community reintegration program. So I help them sometimes drive their vehicles if they're in a wheelchair and have an uh, accessible van, as I don't have an accessible vehicle. So I was driving my client's van. I was two blocks from home. And a driver turned a corner very fast over into my lane. It happened very fast. When you're in a residential area and you're going over 40 miles an hour, things happen fast. Apparently, I just was in the driver's way. I did nothing except drive. Before I knew it, she had slammed on her brakes, put her reverse lights on, turned and began chasing me down this residential street. I'll be honest, I've never been so afraid. I was a block from my client's house who lives on a corner and my thought was get to the driveway and perhaps that will diffuse the situation. I knew that his caregiver was home and there would at least be an auditory witness if something happened. I pulled into the driveway. The driver stopped behind and yelled, now I know where you live, plus a not so nice word after that. I sat in the vehicle for a moment, catching my breath, convincing myself I was still okay, and running back through my head of, have I ever made somebody feel like this? In my moments of rage, though I've never chased anyone, I will admit I've never chased anyone, I have yelled words. I've given the eye, the look, the fingers, one or two, who knows. I've also been spit on by drivers. Not entirely sure I remember why I was spit on that time. But I was scared. And it was that moment of humility of, wow. I don't ever want to make anybody feel like this. I had a moment of receiving kindness from a neighbor who was walking and had seen the whole thing. And she stopped and waited for me to get out of the van and asked if I was okay. I've never met this woman. She lived several blocks away. Being kind doesn't mean we stop seeking justice. And seeking justice doesn't mean we don't love or suddenly lose our humility. I may be mad at my friend, but I love him. And I'll continue to seek justice in ways and helping him understand how he interacts with people may not be the best appropriate way to interact with people. Do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly. In the words of the modern prophet Ellen, 
Be kind to one another. Everyone. It doesn't matter. Amen.